1: God bless. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Body of Christ Real Talk. Welcome to the show today. Welcome to the show today. Today's show is going to be a very, very Controversial. It's sad that it has to be this way, but it's gonna be uh eye, an eye opener for some, and a disappointment for others. And uh the reason I'm saying it that way because when you was brought up in a certain and taught a certain way. In your church traditionally you was programmed a certain way it's hard to swallow something that you never heard before it's hard to accept even a verse or scriptures when it come out of the Bible it's hard to accept it as truth For most believers, I'm going to say for most believers. And I believe that is because we have never been taught those certain verses and certain scriptures. And we never learned. We was never taught how to rightly divide God's word. And therefore, we was taught just a one way one shoe well, let me put it this way one shoe fits all type of gospel the majority of the protestant church we was taught a uh, one shoe fits all type of gospel or doctrine in our upbringing spiritually in a protestant church and as i said in my earlier shows most churches Uh, was traditionally taught a certain way of what the Bible meant. This is not just a speculation. This is is a fact. This is a known truth. That the majority of believers got their knowledge of what the Bible is saying or what the Bible means is from The pulpit or what we was taught in our churches, the interpretation of the word of God, the spiritual meanings of the word of God, the acts of God, the movement of the church. Uh, We was all swallowed up in denominationalism. So traditionally, we was all caught up. And that type of tradition. So whatever came out of the pulpit from our pastors, and I'm not knocking the pastors, all of them anyway. Out of that pulpit, we was told that was the word of God. At least in the church I grew up in, uh, Pentecostal Church, the Church of God in Christ, we was taught that that was the word of God. We was also taught. uh, About. We are sinners and we need to repent of our sins. We need to get right with God. We need to be holy. We need to clean ourselves up before we can get saved. A lot of you probably can uh, relate to that. We had a lot of, in our church of God in Christ, we had many, many altar calls. Many people, even the charismatic churches, but you know, in the Pentecostal church of God in Christ, most most of every Sunday, a lot of people or Wednesday or, or the in between mid services in the churches, whatever, a lot of of the saints or churchgoers, because everybody in the church was not saved, uh, will go back and forth to the so called altar, which is up front, where the pastor resides, and confess our sins. And come and repent of our sins, and ask the Lord for forgive us, to forgive us of the sins, our past, present, whatever all the sins we have just committed, to get back right in line in God with God. That's the only way that we was taught and the Church of God in Christ, that we can get our sins settled by going up to the altar and confessing it to God. Through the pastors and the elders or, or deacons or whatever like that. And they would pray over us and stuff like that. Then, you know, maybe next Sunday we'll come again and confess our sins again. And, uh, that's traditionally the way I was brought up in the church like that when it came to, uh, forgiveness of sins. And we have to continue to confess our sins, confess our sins. But the, the, uh, the term used was repent of our sins. Repent. I didn't know, I thought repent means stop sinning because we was led to believe that, you know, repent means stop sinning. I know what it means now, change your mind, but at that time, the majority of us going to church, we just felt that repent because we hear the preaching, repent, repent of your sins. We was, I, I just grew up believing repent me, repent of your sins. You know, repent, repent and your sins will be forgiven. Uh, in the church. Now, whatever uh, denomination you was brought up in, I don't know how they done it. I don't know. Many churches have different ways the way they had altar cars or they calls or they had people to come up there to confess their sins and stuff like that. We know the Catholic Church, they got their priest and, you know, they got their little rooms that they go in because, they're you know, uh, the Catholic Church is a whole new different program. You know, how they confess their sins to the fathers. They call their priests the fathers and stuff like that. Kissing the hands and all that, the sacraments and stuff like that. But, and a lot of Protestant churches, you know, which is the Pentecostal, Baptist, uh, Lutheran, Methodist, et cetera, et cetera, and different churches like that. And, you know, the Protestant churches that's out there usually had a routine traditionally of coming to the altar, especially on Sunday. Uh, to confess our sins. You know, we had testimony service and stuff like that. You know, we thank God for forgiving us for our sins or we thank God for filling us for the, with the Holy Spirit, even though we didn't have the Holy Spirit, but that was just a, uh, a trend, a tradition that we got up and confessed, you know, thanking God for the infilling the Holy Spirit. That's the Pentecost. You see, when I was growing up in the Pentecostal church. So what I remember growing up in that church, and it wasn't all bad. It was different. It wasn't all bad. I, I enjoyed a lot of things in uh, the Church of God in Christ. My granddad, we called him grandpapa. He was our pastor. So we got used to that and everything. But the the teaching kept us, kept us sin conscious. What I mean by that, it always kept us focused on our sins. So it was kind of uh, kept us in fear. And doubt because it it always seemed to me like God was angry. He was mad, you know, and stuff like that. So our traditional teachings kept me, and I'm sure I'm not the only one, very sin conscious, focused on sin. The sins we commit and stuff like that, you know, forgiveness. All right. Uh, now, why as I'm going here? I'm doing a teaching on a series a pretty long series on spiritual obesity and for the ones that uh just tuning into this show i have i i have close to 10 programs or 11 shows that i have already have done so therefore i there's holiday no way I'm going to just elaborate on all the shows I just ask you please just go back and uh, check out the previous shows uh, in its entirety and come back to this one or just listen to this one or whatever like that and just slowly but surely check out the last okay the last 10 shows just put it that way going down because that's how I set up on my podcast the last 10 shows Uh, going down. I think it starts at 373, I believe, or something like that, or 372. But uh, you will see the introduction of spiritual obesity, so I just recommend you to do that, so that way you can check out the other shows and stuff like that. It's a lot of information in those teachings, in those programs. A lot of information. So I recommend that. Uh I can just give you little tidbits of what I've been talking about. I've been I've been dealing with uh the, my previous one was Signs and Wonders. I just got off Signs and Wonders. Is Signs and Wonders in the church today. Then I came up with my conclusion. You might have another conclusion, but I gave you my conclusion. Okay? I talked about uh the difference between the New Testament and the Old Testament. The new covenant and the old covenant. Is the new is the old covenant. Many already know this Israel, but the the confusion was what the New Testament, the New Covenant. Who are they? Is that the church? And I dealt with a lot of things about that because the majority of the churches think they are the New Testament church. And a lot of that teaching probably came from that, 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 uh, uh, the start of replacement theology type of doctrine that happened over hundreds and hundreds of years ago. Uh I think it started for Origen or whatever like that, whatever his name is. But the replacement theology, a lot of churches think they are the spiritual Israel. So therefore, they think that in New Testament. So they put the New Testament and Paul's 13 letters, the body of Christ, they put it all together. And that starts a lot of confusion because you you put in two different dispensations two different programs and you mixing it up like gumball and you, expect to, and you expect to get the truth out of it and you won't because they are different. Peter's uh, ministry is very different than Paul's ministry. You know, it's all focused on Christ, no doubt, but their ministry, what they teach and, or what they taught are different. And you will know that if you read it literally, but it's hard to read it literally without all that fog and darkness of tradition in your head. It's hard to see the truth because it's almost like you're blind. It's hard, even though the words are right there in your eyes, you can't miss it. And it's saying, "Now I'm not talking about the hard to understand, but the simple things to understand what I'm going to get into. It's hard to accept it. Because of the power and the stronghold of denominationalism and traditional belief. Now, what do I mean by traditional belief? A lot, the tradi- most traditional uh, beliefs and doctrines are uh, two forms of belief. One of them is the Kingdom Gospel. Majority of the churches follow, and they try to uh, lead by example, teaching the gospel of the Kingdom. Jesus' earthly ministry from the four gospels—Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John—and some Acts and stuff like that. The Book of Acts, and uh, <clears throat> they teach usually the doctrine—the Acts two thirty-eight doctrine or John three sixteen, you know, and stuff like that. Uh, repent for the remission of your sins, be baptized in water, et cetera, et cetera, like that. They usually preach that for the gospel. You must believe who Jesus was and believe in His name and stuff like that. That's the Kingdom Gospel. The Israel, the Messianic gospel. The majority of the churches teach they teach that in their churches, in the pulpit. Most pastors do. Now, the other doctrine I'm talking about is man-made traditions. There's a lot of fluff and pork. Because what they are teaching when it comes to the kingdom, a lot of it is true. Now they might mix context and you know misinterpret it sometimes, but a lot of that is true because it is the gospel, but it ain't the gospel for today. The man-made traditions are another different thing. That's like adding on. And what makes it even worse is you adding your man-made traditions and programs and dogma to that doctrine. So it becomes more confusing, but it doesn't stop there. Then you add some of Paul's teaching in there and it really gets confusing and toe up. See, and, the, and all these denominations come out of that, okay? Now, what I want to talk about today is probably, uh, one of the most controversial subjects besides the gifts and stuff like that in the traditional gifts and stuff like that of the Spirit and baptism and tongues and stuff like that, especially when it comes to Pentecostal and the Charismatic Church. But this subject affects the whole Christendom saved and unsaved this subject I'm going to talk about now starts a war almost and more division uh in all the churches Protestant churches Catholic churches and all of that the subject I'm going to talk about now okay and the subject I'm going to talk about now the topic uh, before I end spiritual uh, obesity. Then I'm going to put it all together. Then I'm going to get into a a, a couple of extra bonuses for you, uh, which is going to be the Bride of Christ and uh, the Born Again Church, which is another controversial topic. But this topic is very, 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 uh, very important for The unsaved and the saved. The unsaved and the saved. Now, and and the topic I'm talking about is forgiveness. Forgiveness. That's the topic I'm going to talk about. Forgiveness. Think about it. Not so much what is forgiven. You know, the majority of the saved and the unsaved know what forgiveness means. That's not a hard uh, topic to understand when you forgive someone. The majority of the churches, the Christendom, the saved and the unsaved, understand what forgiveness means. But even though they understand it, they don't understand the biblical term uh, of forgiveness. They don't understand that. They don't know the true meaning of forgiveness because it was never taught this way. Most churches, what I'm finna teach today, even though it's in the Bible, it always been in the Bible for, for thousands of years. It's always been in the Word of God, you know, since the ending of grace. Well, the ending of grace haven't happened yet, but since the, uh, the, uh, the last apostles and stuff like that, this subject of forgiveness. Okay. and and i'm gonna tell you what i mean by both uh groups the saved and the unsaved is confused about forgiveness now first of all the unsaved is confused because they feel that they are so out of touch with god and they need to be forgiven and forgiveness of sins is' the only way for them to be saved that's why I was talking about repentance of sins and stuff like that they feel that they need to be forgiven of their sins before they get saved you know and they, they feel awake some of them think they are, are even worthy you know because they're so sin conscious and they need forgiveness from God now why do they why do they believe and think that because of Christendom they heard a lot of that from churches and denominations. Protestant churches and the Catholic churches. See, they heard the way to get back to God.
2: uh is
1: forgiveness of sins repenting of your sins that's why the world the unsaved you know that's what they got in the head they 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 got in the head and then the church uh the body of christ you know whether they they focus on that or not and the body of christ issue is that they believe also that the world needs to repent and be forgiven of their sins before they can be saved. So both groups, the saved and the unsaved believe, the majority of this group, the saved body of Christ and the unsaved believe that in order to get right with God, in order to be saved, they must repent and be forgiven of their sins. One group of people, the unsaved believe that's what they have to do and the other group that say tells them that's what you must do. You you understand what I'm saying when I say that. And I'm going to be talking about the Bible definitions plural of forgiveness of sins. I'm gonna it's gonna take a couple of uh, programs. I'm going to be talking about uh, the kingdom. The uh, time past the kingdom regiment for forgiveness of sins and the grace regiment of forgiveness of sins. What do I mean by that? I'm talking about the four gospels and early acts and stuff like that. Now we can go before that too. Just say anything before Paul, the apostle Paul. The forgiveness of sins differs than Paul's program under grace. The kingdom and the law forgiveness of sins is not the same as the gospel, of the grace of God, the apostle Paul forgiveness of sins. I want you to understand that. First of all, that's what a lot of confusion is that see that's because of a lack of us rightly in dividing God's word. And I mean us too because I, I was, you know that's I was taught that traditionally uh, spiritually uh, in the church too. So you have two different programs the Gospel of the kingdom of heaven, Israel, the Gospel of the grace of God, Gentiles and Jews. just say the world. The four gospels, the four gospels, Matthew Mark Luke and John, And Peter, James, John, and the rest of the uh, disciples and apostles preached the kingdom program, the Acts 2.38 program, under the law. The kingdom program. The apostle Paul taught unconditional grace without the law. You understand what I'm saying? Which is the body of Christ. See, both of those groups, programs, are two different Uh, ways that forgiveness was offered. You understand what I'm saying? That's why there's so much confusion about forgiveness. They they put both ways together sometimes and still get confused. But they weigh so much on the, uh, not the latter, but they weigh so much on the first one I talked about, that everybody needs to be forgiven of their sins to be saved. You follow what I'm saying? The majority of the churches teach that. Very hard. Protestant and Catholic teach that everybody in the world must be forgiven of their sins. But the same group, the same group, the Catholics and the Protestant church will also will also tell people that Jesus died for everybody's sins. They will tell them the same thing. But it always is always that B U T, which I don't like. But they will tell you that the way to be saved is faith alone. But you will always get that, but you got to do this, you got to do that. And the majority of the time, it has to be with what? Something conditional or some works that you have to do. Especially when it comes to forgiveness of sin to, for God to forgive the world this, this is the way they look at it in order for God to forgive you and the world you must repent and ask him to forgive you of your sins to be saved Protestant churches teach that Calvinists teach that Lordship, Salvation Pentecostal churches teach that see uh, Baptist church now I'm not saying all of them do but even if they come close to understand faith alone and forgiveness they still put that butt and ask some conditions to the people when they witness to them or talk to them about salvation now what I'm going to do forgiveness the next Few shows Lord's willing. and I'm going to be getting into detail a lot of verses, a lot of scriptures about both sets, both programs of forgiveness. Because it's very important to know that before I even just talk about forgiveness. I wanted to open up the windows, open up the doors, and let you understand there is two ways of forgiveness. Time past and now. There's two types of forgiveness. One one of them is you had <clears throat> to repent of your sins. To be forgiven by God. And what was the way of uh, being forgiven by God? You, The Jews had to do sacrifices and different things like that. They had animal sacrifices or whatever like that. That's for the remission of their sins. Their atonement is called atonement. Under the Jewish covenant, under the old law, the old covenant in order for any of them to be forgiven of their sins they had to ha- they had to make an atonement atonement is they have to have some type of sacrifice with blood with the shedding of the blood for God to forgive them of their sins so that was with the jews see atonement was the only way the shedding of some type of sacrifice of an animal, a clean animal, not an animal that's deformed or nothing. This had to be almost close to a perfect, undeformed, unlame animal, whatever it was, because there was just different types. They had to come. They had to sacrifice as an atonement for their sins to be forgiven and their sins were forgiven instantly for a certain period of time or whatever like that. You understand what I'm saying? you know or they they uh went to the priest the levite priest and they had to make certain altar altar offerings and different sacrifices and stuff like that they had different types I don't know a lot of them all by heart it's just so many of them remember the uh the law the uh jews Under the covenant, had over six hundred and thirteen laws. You have to remember that over six hundred and thirteen laws. But when it came to the sacrifices, and there was many of them, it had to be a shedding of blood, and they had to take it to the Levites. The Levites uh, was the only one can go in under that altar and whatever like and present it to God for the forgiveness of sins. You understand what I'm saying? So they had to make an atonement, atonement with God by a blood of an animal for the forgiveness of their sins. That's under the law, the Bosiac law, the Kingdom program. See, that's that's that law. See, even the four Gospels, Jesus earthly ministry. So you got that right, okay? Oh, you got that part right. Now, under the ministry of Paul, listen carefully. I'm going to break all this down the best way I can and make it plain as I can. Under the ministry of Paul, the forgiveness of sins was non existent. See, why? Because Jesus, and I'm going to read some verses uh, Jesus was the final sacrifice. That promised Messiah was the final sacrifice. When he was crucified and died on the cross But You have to look at it this way It was not revealed The finished work of the cross The full picture Of the cross Was not explained to Peter or nobody After the resurrection It was only The finished work of the cross Was only revealed to the Apostle Paul you follow what I'm saying? It was not revealed to Peter and the twelve. Jesus didn't reveal it uh, to them, and he knew, but he didn't reveal it to them. You know, it was never revealed to them. They was confused. They didn't even understand him uh, going on the cross, because God kept that dying on the cross. Because God kept that hidden from them even then. So they didn't know about the the mystery or the other the finished work of Christ. They didn't understand that. See. Until later. The finished work of Christ after they rebelled, the stoning of Stephen in Acts 7, after that, God started the new program under Saul of Tarsus to go out to the Gentiles. And when the Lord Jesus done that, he came and he poured down and he revealed the finished work of Christ to Saul of Tarsus when he later on you know started using the name Paul it wasn't changed to Paul but he started using the name Paul in Acts 13 you, you understand what I'm saying so after I like to call it like Trey Cersei calls it the other side of the cross the finished work of Christ was revealed to the Apostle Paul Saul now, you might be wondering, especially for my new listeners, you may be wondering, what is the finish? I never heard that. Of course you haven't. Because it's a mystery. It's not a mystery anymore, but it's a mystery to the ones that don't to rightly divide. All, the majority of all of Paul's message in his 13 epistles or 13 letters was a mystery. What do I mean by a mystery? Mystery means secret. It was only it was hidden from the past prophets apostles and all them it was never revealed to none of them it was only revealed to the apostle paul starting in acts nine slowly but surely i think over 25 years until i believe second timothy when there was the mystery was finally fulfilled but i ain't gonna get ahead of myself but it was only revealed to saul of tarsus and going to the pastor Paul which are the same people you know I hope you follow where I'm going now you might say what they got to do with forgiveness of sins The what came with the finished cross which is very important what came with the I'm giving you a breakdown first before I get into these verses and go further because there's a lot of verses, and then I hope it opened up your eyes. What's going on? Why so much confusion with forgiveness, and it shouldn't be. What came with the before the finished cross was you had to repent for the forgiveness of your sins and baptize in water. You had to you had to uh, sacrifice an animal and take it to the Levites, which was the high priest, the Levites and to the altar for the forgiveness of your sin and your and their sins were forgiven instantly. This is all Jews, no Gentiles in this. This is an Israel program. This was a Jewish program under the Old Covenant, under the Old Testament law, okay? So you had to repent of your sins. You had to somewhat confess it. You had to go to them and sacrifice animals, you know, Jews. I'm putting emphasis on Jews on purpose because it was only this was an Israel program, a Jewish program, not a Gentile program. This was a Jewish program. So, the forgiveness of sins under the Kingdom program and the four Gospels was conditional. Okay, that in order to be forgiven under the law, including the four Gospels, because they're still the old covenant. Because Jesus was still alive under the law. In order for them to get their sins forgiven, they had to make an atonement. They had to make a sacrifice for their sins to be forgiven. I'm not saying so much salvation because in order for them to be saved, they had to believe who Jesus was. They had to believe that he was their promised Messiah and their promised King and the Son of God. They had to believe that. But when it came to forgiveness of sins, They had to make certain sacrifices. That's why a lot of them did not accept when Jesus said, your sins have been forgiven to a few of the people he healed. Or he touched, he said, your sins are forgiven. And what did a lot of them say? Only God can forgive sins. They did not know that Jesus was God. See, So they really looked at him as blaspheming and all that and everything. That's why they couldn't comprehend that when Jesus said, your sins. And he told that woman uh, that was uh, committing adultery that your sins have been forgiven and you have many. And they said, how could this man forgive sins? Only God can forgive sins because they didn't know Jesus was God. They wouldn't accept him. That's part of the denial, too. See? only God can forgive sins. Why would they say that? Because the only way God will forgive sins is by a blood sacrifice. So for this man, they looked at him as this so-called prophet, saying, I forgive you of your sins. If you're saying, for Jesus said, if Jesus saying, I forgive you of your sins, they knew Jesus was saying, I'm God. And that bothered them. They, they, They couldn't accept that. Because he's literally telling them, he's God. Because all the Jews and the leaders of Israel knew the only one that can forgive sins is God. You, you understand what I'm saying? They knew that. So that's why they was upset. They tried to stone them and everything. Because not only was he claiming sonship, but he was claiming that he was God. He even said, I am. And they fell backwards. It was so powerful and strong. You know. I am. He was claiming that he was God. See, they didn't understand the incarnation God was working through Jesus. They would not accept that. They would not accept him as being the promised Messiah, let alone calling himself God, because God is the only one that can forgive sins. And the only way God will forgive a man of their sins back then, which was the Jews under the covenant, was through an atonement, through an, a sacrifice. OK, so that's why I said when churches teach that, you know, they have to repent and stuff like that. They are telling the truth partially. Not the full truth. They do it partially. Why do I say partially? Because I'm going to tell you why uh, the way the church do it today. God will not accept it. What do you th- why do you think God wouldn't accept it? Just think about, as I said all this, why, would you th- why wouldn't God accept they just confessing and repenting? They, what? Go ahead and say it. They never, today's churches never came to church and sacrificed no blood animal. That was the requirement, a sacrifice. See? And most of them wasn't able to go to God. They had to go through the Levite priest. Who was in charge and all that stuff. They can go to that altar and et and stuff like that to spread and sprinkle the blood. It had to be a certain priest that was able to do that, a certain ranking of priests. so the way the church is it today, if they was under the kingdom program, they would be stoned to death because they doing God's they doing uh, they doing it partially. They're not doing it correctly. And God is very precise. If you're not sacrificing no animals in church and you was under the law, you're breaking God's law. Because there had to be a shedding of blood for forgiveness of sins. You understand what I'm saying? They say, but Jesus, they believed in Jesus. Yes, they believed in Jesus. Jesus was the son of God, but they were still doing it uh, the, uh, under the law traditional way. They were still doing it. The little flock was. They understood who the Messiah was. They understood who Jesus was. But the rest of majority of Israel did not. You, you follow what I'm saying? They did not. See, that's when Jesus talked about fasting. You know, you don't need to fast when the bridegroom is already here and such and such a thing like that. He, he was telling them that you don't need to do that. I'm already here. And different hints and stuff Jesus was telling the little flock. Not all Israel because the leaders and the Pharisees and the Sadducees and, and the Esses and all these religious groups, they denounced Jesus as the Messiah and King. They still was waiting for him. They denounced him. You follow what I'm saying? Okay. So the uh the way to be forgiven for sins in time past under the law. Let's put keep your mind under the law was conditional. They had to do something. See? They had to do something. When John the Baptist came, he was preaching what? Repent. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That was the forerunner for Jesus. John the Baptist, repent. Change your mind. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He was ushering the coming Messiah, Jesus and everything. He even doubted when he said some of his disciples asked "Was Jesus was the one. And Jesus had to break it down the lane. is walking the blind sea, etc. And stuff like that, you know. Because even John doubted a little bit. So, all through Jesus' ministry, even though they loved him and they believed him, they still doubted him. Thomas doubted him. And, of course, Peter denied him three times. Judas doubted him. See, the majority of his followers even doubted him. But they believed such a much. uh, Just like the church today, they still doubt God. See? Even today. So, it's no different today. They doubt God. They doubt his teaching. See, they just, it's, a, it's a doubt today. And there's so much confusion in what Jesus uh, taught in his earthly ministry compared to what he told Paul to teach because they're not the same gospel. They're not the same doctrine. See, Paul teaches or taught The finished work of Christ. He talks the cross and the resurrection. That's the finished work of cross of of Christ. Peter now talked the kingdom message of Christ when he was on the earth, under the law, their promised Messiah and King. You see the difference. See, old covenant laws for Israel and the twelve apostles. No law, no covenant under Paul's ministry. Well, Paul was under the law, too, because he was a Jew. But who he went out, the Gentiles, had no covenant. Let me let me change that. And no law under grace. Because many people can't comprehend and understand grace. They say they do, but they don't. If they understood God's amazing grace like they sing the songs, they will understand forgiveness for today. You see what I'm saying? They will understand forgiveness. We all would have if we understood grace, but we didn't. See how powerful and what really happened after the finished cross, the finished work of Christ. Okay, I'm not going to get all this in today. This is going to take a lot because this is very important for you to understand the differences of forgiveness. There was uh, two ways God forgave people under two different programs. That's what makes it so confusing today in the church. And I gave you a lot of information about signs and wonders and the difference between the New Covenant and Old Covenant, which is all Israel. Both of those covenants and testaments are Israel. You only have one body of Christ. Now I'm going to get into that later on down the line as well. See, you have uh, the bride. Now, actually, uh The the bride, and I'm going to throw this out here right quick, the bride of Christ is actually a city. It's the New Jerusalem. That's the bride of Christ. And when the Bible, they specifically call them individually as Jews' brides. He said the city came down as a bride. But when he talked about Israel, Israel, he always talked to Israel in a feminine way. Not, I ain't talking about gay or nothing like that, but in a feminine way, meaning they was always looked at as a wife in a feminine way and stuff like that. See, the body of Christ is always looked at as a masculine way, husband way. You see, two different type of churches, and I'm going I'm to read some scriptures on there when I get into the bride of Christ and the body of Christ. See, all this go together. I'm just trying to let you know there's two different programs when it even comes to forgiveness. Just like it is with the bride of Christ and the body of Christ, they are not the same. They're two different, two different things. It's the same with forgiveness. Same word, same meaning, but different ways, different approaches the way forgiveness was approached or fulfilled in the two different programs. You understand what I'm saying? Okay, now what I want to do now is give you uh, uh, what happened with the finished work of Christ. Now, some of you probably heard this and some of you don't, don't, did not because it took some teaching for me to understand it, you know, explaining. And it. why so my eyes are so open now and it makes so much sense. And I hope it does to you when I get through, especially with the whole series, because this is the main one should stand out. Forgiveness. And these scriptures always been in your Bible, no matter what translation you have. These verses always been in the word of God in your Bible. See, OK, I'm going to. uh I have many scriptures, many verses that I want us to look at. And what I'm going to do now, I'm going to look at. The finish cross. Now, I know I should go to the kingdom program, but if I get through all that, this series is going to take even longer, maybe even 15 programs. I'm trying to keep it. You know, I already went past the physical obesity. This one is going a little further because there are so many verses and so many scriptures that I can prove what I'm saying. See, you know. And that's that's very important in everything. So uh, what I'm going to do before I get to uh, uh, Paul's ministry, the finish work of the cross, I'm going to do something. Let's go to uh, Numbers 15 and 8. And I'll come back to that numbers 15 and 8. All right, let's go back. Numbers fifteen and eight, and I'll be reading a few of these scriptures. All right, and what I'm going to be okay reading is the atonement. What I was just talking about for Israel, what they had to do for the atonement of sins, to for it to be a satisfactory be, be satisfactory to God. So let's go to Numbers fifteen. What time is it? Okay, I'm going to try to go through these so I won't keep them a long time. I don't want nobody to get, you know, bored because I, uh, it takes me a while to find things. And I'll be going, I'm kind of long-winded. So let's go to, uh boy, these pages are so thin. This is a new Bible, a giant print font. King James Bible. So I can't get these pages from each other because they are so thin. Okay, here we go. All right, let's go to... Numbers 15 and 28. Now, this is the Old Covenant. All right. This is the law, under the law for forgiveness. And if any soul sin through ignorance, then he shall bring a she-goat of the first year for a sin offering. 28. And the priest shall make an atonement, remember the word atonement, for the soul that sitteth against Ignorantly, when he sinned by ignorance before the Lord to make an atonement for him and it shall be forgiven him now what did that mean that mean if somebody sinned out of ignorance they don't know that's what ignorance means they don't know it was even an atonement for that there had to be a sin offering under the law under the covenant for a person that even sinned out of ignorance meaning they didn't know they were sinning out of ignorance there was even an atonement for that a sin offering for them to be forgiven and what was that animal of the sin offering it was a she goat I guess a a female goat of the first year for a sin offering so it was all it was conditional they had to have a she goat this is for the ignorant you know it's a lot of breakdown in this but I'm letting you know this is just one of the sin offerings for different type of sins you know this is for the ignorant and this is what numbers 15 to 28 so for a person who did not know that they were sin under the law under the Jewish Mosaic law the she goat they had the shed the she goat you know and sacrifice the she goat and everything and take that to the altar for their forgiveness of their sins which is called what the atonement that's what atonement mean okay you got that let's go to um Exodus 30 and 16. That's Exodus 30 10 to 16. Exodus 30 10 to 16. Alright. Okay. You're got to stick and paper together again. Let's try to get this new stuff. Uh, boy, I think this paper is standing in this Bible. All right. Exodus. Let's go to Exodus 30, 10 to 16. I hope you got your Bible. All right. Exodus 30, 10 to 16. This is Aaron. Let's start at uh, 10. Exodus 30, 10 to 16 and reading. And Aaron shall make an atonement. There's the word atonement again. You see that in your Bible? And Aaron shall make an atonement upon the horns of it once in a year with the blood of the sin offering of atonements. Once in the year shall he make atonement upon it throughout your generations. It is most holy unto the Lord. See, what's holy unto the Lord? That blood sacrifice, which is an atonement that's the only way they can be forgiven of their sins under the law okay verse 11 and the lord spoken unto moses saying when thou takest the sum of the children of israel after their number then shall they give every man a ransom for his soul unto the lord when thou numberest them that there be not plague among them then thou numberest them 13 This they shall give every one that passeth among them that are numbered half a shekel after the shekel of the sanctuary. A shekel is 20 geras. I don't even know what that is. And half shekel shall be the offering of the Lord. Every one that passeth among them that are numbered from 20 years old and above shall give an offering unto the Lord. The rich shall not give more and the poor shall not give less than half a shekel when they give an offering unto the Lord to make a what? An atonement for your souls. See, you had to sacrifice. You had offerings. I don't think everything was sacrifices. Most of them. See, but the number one thing was the shedding of our blood to, for forgiveness under the covenant for Israel. You understand what I'm saying? That's Exodus 30, 10 to 16. Okay? You understand what I'm saying? now I can't, I'm not going to read all of them today because of time constraints and everything but I just wanted to give you a little bit what I'm going to do let's go to uh, Leviticus 16 these are the Leviticus priests Leviticus 16 open up your Bibles to Leviticus 16 and the Lord spoke unto Moses after the death of the two sons of Aaron when they offered before the Lord and died Okay, offered before the Lord Okay, and the Lord said unto Moses speak unto Aaron thy brother that he come not at all times into the holy place within the veil before the mercy seat which is upon the ark that he die not for I will appear in the cloud upon the mercy seat now anyways what God is saying make sure when Aaron thy brother that he come not at all times into the holy because if he came in the holy remember God no one man can look at God without dying see that's why he's led Moses to born Aaron. No man can look at God face to face without dying. They had to be very careful. Remember, I think those, I forgot the two men names that was carrying the Ark of the Covenant. And they tripped or something and tipped over a little bit, just a little bit, the Ark of the Covenant, and God killed them. The Bible said God destroyed them just for that little mishap that they done. This, what Israel had to deal with God under the conditions of the law they had to be perfect and the only way for them to be perfect in the eyes of God they had to keep making sacrifice they could never do it they could never be perfect perfect but they put that upon themselves as well you see like I said it was over 613 laws at least that's what they told me over 613 laws under the covenant program you see let's read continue reading thus shall Aaron come into the holy place with a young bullock for a sin offering and a ram for a burnt offering they had different type of offerings sin offerings burnt offerings and different things like that but the atonement either way it go the majority of it was animals because uh, verse three sixteen says a young bullock for a sin offering and a ram for a burnt offering. You get what I'm saying? So let's continue. He shall put on the holy linen coat and he shall have the linen breeches upon his flesh and shall be girded with a linen girdle and with a linen, uh, what's that? Metra? Mitra? Shall... <clears throat> shall be untied. another one and tired mean clothing these are holy garments therefore shall he wash his flesh in water and so put them on you see all the things remember Aaron was the high priest he was one of the highest priests so this is all the things they had to do Aaron had to do before he came into the holy of holies you see what I'm saying there's certain things they had to do God was very precise Of what they had to do, they had to clean certain things, they had to wear certain garments and stuff like that. See, for the made the atonement. Verse five, and he shall take of the congregation of the children of Israel. Listen to this: two kids of the goats for a sin offering, and one ram for a burnt offering. Animals. See, burnt offerings, a blood offering. Verse six, and Aaron shall offer his bullock of the sin offering which is for himself.
0: holiday
2: when you save on auto insurance for driving safe with usaa safe pilot you'll feel like a big deal even in a traffic jam save up to 30 percent with usaa safe pilot restrictions apply
1: and make an atonement for himself and for his house see even then the high priest was the only one that can sacrifice a certain animal for not only himself but for his house which is his family see that was allowed under the covenant but either you know but it was still a, a ta- it was still a blood offering for forgiveness of their sins verse seven and he shall take the two goats and present them before the lord at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation verse eight and aaron shall cast lots upon the two goats one lot for the lord and the other lot for the scapegoat Verse 9, and Aaron shall bring the goat upon which the Lord lot fell uh, and offer him for what? A sin offering. Sin offering. See, a sin offering brings forgiveness of your sins. These are the things they have to do. Sacrifice certain animals in a certain way. They have to be precise. You just cannot bring an animal and just go in there. You'll fall dead. God will kill you. So it had to be exactly the way he done it, but it had to be by one of the Levite, the high priest, which he's talking about now to Aaron. Let's go to verse 10. But the goat on which the lot fell to be the scapegoat shall be present, present and alive before the Lord to make an atonement. As the word atonement again with him and to let him go for a scapegoat into the wilderness. Verse 11, and Aaron shall bring the bullocks of the sin offering, which is for himself, and shall make an atonement for himself and for his house, his family, and shall kill the bullock of the sin offering, which is for himself. I'm going to stop right there. I can go all through uh, Leviticus 16 and it's breaking down the certain sin offerings and burnt offerings with different types of certain animals for the forgiveness of sins you you, you see that this always been in our, and been in our bibles see this is under the kingdom program this was under see the kingdom program was at this time the kingdom program was in the future see because you cannot have a kingdom the kingdom I'm talking about is not King David's kingdom. That's just almost like a replica. But it's the seed after David. The kingdom of heaven. See? The plan always has been the setup of the kingdom of heaven. The thousand year millennium reign of Christ. See? You understand what I'm saying? And this is under this. This is just just, just giving you a demonstration uh, and a lot of people don't even get through this, even me and myself because Leviticus has so many rituals and sacrifices and stuff like that. It's probably one of the least <laughs> read uh books in the Bible, Leviticus because of all of this, you know. He shall take a censer full of burning coals of fire from off the altar before the Lord and his hands full of sweet incense, beaten, small, and bring in within the walls. Thirteen, and he shall put the incense upon the fire before the Lord that the cloud of the incense may cover the mercy seat that is upon the testimony that he died not. Fourteen, and he shall take the blood of the bullock and sprinkle it with the finger upon the mercy seat eastward and before the mercy seat shall he sprinkle the blood with his finger seven times, 15. Then shall he kill the goat of the sin offering, that is for the people, and bring his blood within a veil and do with that blood as he did with the blood of the bullock and sprinkle at the mercy seat. blah, 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 before the mercy. You see that what Israel had to do under the law, through the high priestess for the forgiveness of sins. You understand what I'm saying? This is under the law. This is what they had to do for the forgiveness of sins. So for you to be in a denominational church and you tell a man or a woman that's not saved that the only way they can be forgiven is to repent of their sins and blah, 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 blah. Uh, You're you're shorthanding the uh, traditional way that God allowed and accepted that atonement. First of all, see, the pastor and his church building, they are not priests. They are not high priests. Your pastor is not your high priest and your church building is not the temple. Let me say it again. Your pastor or whoever evangelist is not your high priest and your four wall building in that church brick wall or whatever it's made of. is not the temple. See, so if replacement theology, which means that the church think that we replaced Israel. So, therefore, they pull the same things that Israel was doing. Some see they pick denomination is pick which ones they want to try and obey. Therefore, if they call themselves the the uh, the spiritual Israel, even though they call themselves the New Testament church, they are flawed real bad. They broke so many of God's laws. If you want to follow that way. Because you cannot ignore all of this. And this is just Leviticus. I have many more. I'm going to finish a lot of that in my next few programs. So much before I get into what forgiveness we're under today, under the teachings of Paul, under grace, the mystery. But I wanted you to let you know uh, the, the Israel's program going into the kingdom, through the Mosaic law, going into the kingdom, the way to be forgiven is not the same as what we're under today. If it, if it was, all of us would be wiped out. You see what I'm saying? All of us would be wiped out. So there is a difference. So when the Ray Conference and the Kirk Camerons and the John McCarthy talk about you need to be holy. Under grace, God never told us to be holy. Paul never talked about us being holy. That's Old Testament talk. Be holy because I am holy. That's Old Testament fault. They had to be holy. They had, they was priest. They supposed to be in the priest. See, that was for Israel's program, not the body of Christ. A whole new different program. Therefore, what was in the kingdom program didn't transfer to the body of Christ program. Let me say this again. Whatever was in the kingdom program, the law, the sacrifices, the signs and wonders, the tithing, which is another good teaching, everything, the water baptism, etc., cetera, and stuff like that, did not transfer to the body of Christ. No, that stayed with them under the law. God did not take what was in the law and bring it to the church today, the body of Christ under the teachings of Paul, including forgiveness, the way to be forgiven. You, you see how simple that is now? You see why the church is so confused now? They're living and trying to be Israel. And they fail big time. We fail big time. Why? Because we nitpick what we want to take out of the law and put it in our church with added on man made traditions. And you think God is moving in that church with all that error and all that uh you know stuff going on and you leading people to hell? Because you're stubborn. I'm talking to the stubborn ones now that don't want to listen. They talk about dispensations are wrong, evil and stuff like that. I can understand because I, I think they do well to name dispensation. And some of them uh, teach dispensationalism out of context. Some grace teachers, I know. I know that. But the format of dispensationalism is very important to understand, especially the way Paul taught it. Not the way traditional grace teachers te- teach it, because they wrong at sometimes, But the way we got to stick to where Paul talked about dispensations, the meaning of it. You see what I'm saying? The meaning of, the, of it. That's very important because we can be in error by, you know, even misplacing it, misinterpreting what dispensation means. And, uh, you know, we do that sometimes. So we need to be very careful with that as well when we use that term. My point is there was two different Programs. You follow what I'm saying? Two different programs. And I'm just talking about forgiveness. Just like it was with Sign the Wonders, I talked about that. Just like I talked about the covenants. Even though the New Covenant, New Testament, and the Old Covenant, uh, Old Testament was Israel, they still are different. One was on tablet and on paper, and one is going to be in the heart, the future millennial kingdom, the New Testament church, which is Israel, not the body of Christ. The body of Christ is going to be in the heavenly places. You see? You you understand what I'm saying now? okay? all right. I'm going to stop right there because it's so much more about uh, me trying to break down the differences for forgiveness, because I'm gonna bring it all in one bucket, and so you can know and you don't would not have no excuses, because I'm I'm giving you some scriptures to write down and read yourself. And I'm letting you understand the forgiveness that was under the law It's not the same forgiveness uh, that Apostle Paul taught in his thirteen letters. That's a total difference. You have one. Uh, you have a, you have the cross when Jesus was hanging on a cross and died, and then you have the finish rope work when Jesus was in the heavenly places and he came back down, not on earth because that's the second coming. I'm not talking about the second coming. I'm talking about when he met, he came in the cloud, he came down and, and 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 met Paul. He didn't come all the way down to the earth. Jesus only came down twice: his first coming and his second coming. He didn't come all the way then. Even when he come back and get the church, he's not going to touch the earth we're going to meet him in the clouds with our new glorified bodies. See, the first time Jesus came was for who? Israel. The second time Jesus came for was for who? Israel. So both times he stepped foot on the earth it was for the Jews, it was for Israel. Never was for the Gentiles or the world. It was for Israel his first and second coming. See? The church, the Gentiles Jesus never touched the ground. When he got to Paul, he go out to the Gentiles. He talked to him from heaven in the sky. When he come back and get the body, when he come and get the body of Christ, we're going to meet him in the air. See, he never touched the ground. Twice for the Jews, twice for the world. One, he touched the ground. The other ones, he didn't. You see the format, the wisdom of God. See, when he told the 12 and the disciples them to go out, he told them to what? Start where? In Jerusalem first. When he told the Apostle Paul to go out, who did he tell Paul to start with first? The Gentiles. You see the reverse? Two different programs. So, so is forgiveness. And I'm going to prove more to you in the next coming programs. This is Joseph Brownlee, Body of Christ, Real Talk body of Christ, real talk. I hope you get something out of this because this is very important and you are responsible to write these verses and scriptures down. You have any comments? You have any questions? Just leave them. I cannot answer anything, but I will. I know some brothers and some teachers that I listen to that can and I will get back with you, no doubt. No doubt about that. If you disagree, show me some scriptures that's proving me wrong or proving the Word of God wrong. You cannot One thing you don't, you don't do. Don't try to have God's word going against his own word because you will fail. You will fall in your face. You will look bad. See, especially when the word of God is so plainly said. And I'm going to tell you what I mean by that on the next program God bless you I love you all and remember salvation is today the only way to be saved today is believing what Jesus did according to first Corinthians 15 one and four believing that he died and he was buried but the most powerful of them all that makes that why we are we could be saved today is his resurrection because of the one for his resurrection no one Will be able to be saved under this dispensation, under this grace. Okay, so the resurrection is the main thing. His death, his burial, cannot save you, but his resurrection is why we could be saved. That final, see, the atonement. Jesus was the ultimate atonement for the world. The ultimate atonement. Just like I was talking about these tones, I'm gonna get into the in other shows. I'm gonna put them together. You're gonna understand. Jesus was the final. He was, There was an atonement for individuals and families and stuff like that. Jesus was the atonement and the shedding of the blood for the whole world, Jews and Gentiles. Under the finished work of Christ, that was only explained to the Apostle Paul. So there's only one way to be saved. And one thing you don't have to worry about doing is trying to stop sinning because you can't do it in any way. See, sin is not in the way sin is not stopping God of saving you. It's your belief. It's your unbelief that's stopping God from saving you. Because sin has been dealt with over a couple of thousand years ago. I'm going to put all that together. You're going to understand what I'm saying this. See? So, I'm going to leave you with this. You don't have to be forgiven first to be saved. You already have been forgiven. Now you have a chance and you can. Not that you are. Because salvation and forgiven don't come together, they're separate. Now you can be saved because you have been forgiven and I'm talking to the world just like me and you, if you are saved, we was already forgiven. that's that's what gave us the, that's how we was able to be saved because we were forgiven first. God would never reconcile himself back to sin. Let me say this again. God would never or could never reconcile himself back to sin. According to 2 Corinthians 5 and 18, he was able to do that by that final atonement sacrifice by Jesus Christ, the son Jesus Christ. Jesus took away the world's sin, so God was able to reconcile himself because there's no sin now. I didn't say you won't go sin anymore. I'm not, I didn't say your sin nature was gone. I'm saying the penalty or the charges of the imputing God is not doing anymore. But you still go sin and you're not going to heaven until you believe that what Jesus done. You see what I'm saying? Salvation and forgiveness, forgiveness does not make you saved. Believing what he did for you makes you saved. Forgiveness just opens the door for you to be saved now. Body of Christ real talk. Until next time, get your Bibles ready and get your head ready so you can get in your heart for more Bible teaching. And I'm doing Bible teaching on Body of Christ real talk. I usually don't do that. But I'm going to do a little bit more Bible teaching on here. But my main Bible teaching is going to be connecting the dots. If you are saved, please connect to Connecting the Dots, my other podcast, Connecting the Dots by Joseph Brownlee. That's straight out Bible study. See, I'm doing a teaching on the book of Colossians now. I'm in Colossians 2. You know, I got to finish that up. I'm, I'm doing some things and I kind of neglected that a little bit, but I go to Colossians because there's a lot of other Bible teaching on there. And I don't do, nothing on there but teach the Bible. I don't do world events and stuff like, do like I do a Body of Christ. It's strictly Bible teaching, not a Bible school, not a Bible club or nothing like that, but it's Bible teaching rightly divided where it's supposed to be. Okay, God bless you. Love y'all. Peace out. Bye bye.
0: holiday.